0: Amen. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning? Excellent. Nice to see you. And uh, my name is Daniel, one of the pastors here. And actually, we want to continue with our Mother's Day celebration. So, mothers online, uh, mothers here in the house, really all women in particular. And um, we want to celebrate these moms. And we also know listen, there are a variety of types of mothers. Amen. There are biological mothers. There are spiritual mothers, there are mother figures, and so we wanna thank you for, as uh, Scott said, thank you for your encouragement, for your selflessness, for your care. We also acknowledge that today can be a difficult day for many people whose mothers are not here, um, who don't have a relationship with their mother or uh, who couldn't have children, and so we we value that, and we wanna know that we stand with you as a church in the midst of this. And so uh, let's let's everybody give uh, the women and the mothers a standing ovation. Could we just give them a round of applause? Thank you. We have some flowers. If you guys would like to come, uh, we're going to give each woman uh, all the mother figures a flower. And so uh, flowers are coming uh, out to you guys. And if you guys want to take some extra home, just a small way to say thank you uh, to you guys. And I appreciate that. And happy Mother's Day to my mother as well, and so love you, Mom, and um, tell you what, awesome stuff, and to my amazing wife, and so, um, all right, as you guys are getting flowers, as you heard Pastor Adam mention, we are going to the book of Second Timothy, so if you have a Bible, want to find Second Timothy, uh, you can do that. 2nd Timothy, that's in the New Testament. You may have to flip or use the table of contents. That's okay. And um, Second Timothy chapter 3 is where we'll be hanging out. We're going to look at a variety of scriptures today, but uh, mainly 2 Timothy. And so um, we're in this series called Different, uh, looking through all the ways that God has called us as Christians to be different from the world, to be counter-cultural. And, um, and so um, God's ways are different than ours our ways and we must learn as individuals as followers of Christ his ways and so we've got to navigate that um, and so as we look over this time here the title of today's message is called turn off selfie mode turn off selfie mode find your neighbor tell them the title say you got to turn off selfie mode all right tell your other neighbor turn off selfie mode announce the title to him And by the way, all the folks online, welcome, you guys. We got folks from out of town. We got military folks. We got folks who just couldn't be here in the service for a variety of reasons. So welcome to our online uh, audience as well. Turn off selfie mode. Now, some of you may not know what selfie mode is, and that's okay. And so I'll explain it to you, and then, you know, people um, kind of like selfie mode. But on uh, what we call a smartphone, uh, they have two cameras, most of them. Uh, there is a camera right here on the front uh, or the back, I guess. And then on the screen side, and actually we got the service up here so I can see you guys chatting. And, uh, but there's another camera here, and this is called your front-facing camera or your selfie camera. And so if I wanted to take a picture of myself, I'd just do it this way, and i just do a little face and all that sort of stuff, you know, and, and that's what I do. I, I use the selfie mode. And, um, and so we're going to talk about that. My kids love to turn on selfie mode. In fact, let me show you some pictures, because every time I leave my phone out, they will take pictures. I was at the store the other day, and this is what one of my children uh, showed. We were buying shoes, and they just grabbed my phone and start taking selfies, right? Here's another one. Um, let's see. There is Mary Beth. She wanted to make sure she looks like hair just blowing in the wind there. Um, and then there is my favorite boy. He will typically love to make all kinds of strange faces. I think we have one more. There we go. That's a good one. That's, that's the typical face of my Liam there. And uh, anyhow, people love taking selfies, and um, selfies are all over the place. And so let me give you the big idea today. You can write this down if you want. I know we got to go backwards, Brother Mike, and I appreciate your flexibility. But the big idea is this. In order to make a difference, or in order to be different, in order to make a difference, I must turn off selfie mode. I must turn off selfie mode. How many of you know that we come pre-programmed in selfie mode, right? What I mean by that is focused on myself. That is my default situation. Now, fortunately, my camera, you know, when I turn on my camera, it's not in in default. It, It takes a picture of you guys if I were to do this. That's the default mode. But for us as human beings, because of sin, we come default. Look at me focus on me it's all about me did you ever remember now some of y'all are old enough to remember this what we did before there were selfies Right now, some of us, we we did selfies even with the old cameras. Right. You would get the little uh, plastic camera and you try to hold it out there. And, you know, you got it crooked, but you just did the best guess you could. Right. You, you'd hold it out there and, and, and like try to get one, you know. Um, but before even that, we would go someplace. So you would go to Washington, D.C. and stand before the Pentagon or, or or stand before, you know, the Lincoln Memorial. And you would just stand there and you would go. Oh, man. This is a, look at this huge statue. Or you would go to a waterfall. Uh, we went to Niagara Falls one time, and you would just stand before this awe-inspiring, um, you know, waterfall, and, and the water's just coming and rushing down. It's like, whoo, and you would just stare at it, and you'd be amazed at the object. And then selfies came out. And, um, and all of a sudden, we stopped focusing on the object, and this idea popped into our minds. Here I am, standing before this massive waterfall, before this awesome sculpture, before these beautiful mountains, and the first thing that comes into my mind is, let me take a picture of me. And maybe maybe I'll get the little baby waterfall in the back, but my face is front and center, right? And I'm not just digging on young people today, right? Because we can all be guilty of it. Uh, because as I said, we all come pre-programmed for selfie mode. This first thought is, let me take a picture of me. And so we're going to look at the text here, Second Timothy um, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And, uh, and we're going to navigate some of this here and then make some applications and bounce around a little bit. But notice what it says, 2 Timothy Chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, it says this, but understand this, this is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, and understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Man, how do you know we've been through some difficult times lately, and it feels like the, the last days, amen? And um, it says this, and um, times of difficulty, verse 2, for people will be lovers of selfies, Right? They will be lovers of self. Lovers of self. Lovers of money. Proud. Arrogant. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Unholy. Verse 3. Heartless. Unappeasable. Slanderous. Without self control. Brutal. Not loving good. Verse 4, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, right? How many of you heard, like, your head is swollen. Like, you can't even fit in the door. Your head's so big right now, right? Right? That was in the Bible over 2,000 years ago, folks, before we were said, your head's so swole. And uh, swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness. Notice this. Having the appearance of godliness. I want you to know... Uh, uh, Timothy is the pastor of a local church, and Paul is writing to a church. He's warning the church about these attitudes. He's saying these attitudes will start to creep into your church. They will start to creep into your small group. They will start to creep into your mind. So he's warning the church. He's not talking about people outside the church. He's saying in the last days, this is what folks who claim the name of Christ have to worry about. And he says this, right? Having the appearance of godliness, having the, what does that mean? The appearance of godliness, meaning outside there is a good show. Outside I look religious. Outside I talk about religion. Outside I have this appearance of godliness. Maybe I follow all the rules or maybe I I talk a certain way. Maybe I know how to sing all the songs or these sorts of things. Uh, And he says there is this appearance of godliness, but notice what it says. But denying what? It's power. See, the Bible says that Christians are filled with the Spirit of God and we have power over all these other things, all this other mess. And we become others-focused. We become self-controlled. We become peace-loving, joy-filled, you know, kind and good. That is the fruit of the Spirit versus what we see here would be the anti-fruit of the Spirit. And It says this, but denying its power. And then it says, avoid such people. Watch out for these people. How many of you heard the word narcissism before? Right? Narcissism is someone who is just extremely focused on their self, right? Uh, back in the days, you know, when I was younger, um, we would say if someone took a lot of pictures of themselves, we would call them a narcissist. Nowadays, when someone takes a lot of pictures of themselves, we call it Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. That's videos of ourselves, right? It, we have now normalized, we have normalized putting self at the center. Again, this is not a dig on social media. I'm not anti-social media. Don't, don't, don't tag me on social media and say, Pastor Daniel is so anti-social media. Look, it's a tool. It's a tool that can be used. It has uh, dangers in it that we need to be aware of. But I'm just saying we have normalized this focus on self. Look at me. Take a picture of me. And so we've, we've made that. Normal, Because, of course, who else would I take a picture of? Not somebody else, not some amazing, awe-inspiring, majestic mountain or waterfall. No, it's all about me. And I'd be willing to bet, let's just be honest, right? Most of us came in this room or most of us watching online, right? Most of us came in here focused on ourselves. You thought, where am I going to sit today? Right. Let's just be honest. Right. Um, Who do I want to sit with? I hope the pastor says something that will encourage me today. Uh, Man, I hope the music um, is for me today. I, I, I want to know I hope they sing a song that I like. We didn't come in here thinking about. The other people next to you, we didn't come in here thinking about who could I bless today? I'm not saying all of us, but I think the vast majority of us because we are pre-programmed for selfie mode and it has to be the power of God working in us to go whoop. Actually, it's really just easy. You just press the button right here and you flip the camera around if you've ever used one of these. And so reach over, touch your neighbor again and tell them, push the button, turn off selfie mode. Touch your other neighbor, tell them, push the button, turn off selfie mode. Many of us, Come in on selfie mode. And we want to look at ourselves. And I just want to tell you, listen, the best thing I can do for you as your pastor, the the best thing that the staff and and the elders can do for you, the best thing your community group leader can do for you, the best thing the other church members here can do for you is help you turn off selfie mode and say, get your eyes off yourself and get them higher. Why? Why? Because you will be miserable as long as you are focused on yourself. I will be miserable when I'm focused on myself. And so the best thing we can do for one another as believers is say, no, let's get our eyes off ourselves. Let's get them on King Jesus. Because he's really the only one worthy of our, of our gaze, of our thoughts, of our focus and our attention. He is the only one. And, and, and listen, on Mother's Day, right, I, I think about this. Because moms do a great job at helping us turn off selfie mode, right? Moms, you know, just kind of inherently will die to themselves to feed their young, right? I mean, um, we can go through story after story of the way moms every day don't take care of themselves, almost to the detriment of themselves, but to take care of their family. I think they show us a great picture of the sacrifice of christ and so thank you again for the moms but this is really the secret of joy this is the secret of life is we turn off selfie mode and we turn and we stare and we gaze and we fix our focus on someone infinitely better infinitely more glorious and beautiful than us god is glorious amen and so we got to push that button get off selfie mode Let me turn you to the end of uh, the Bible, the book of Revelation. I want to share with you this passage here because one day we're all going to be in heaven. And in heaven, you think we're going to go like this? Hey, Jesus, hold on one second. Right? You think we're going to take a selfie with Jesus when we get to heaven? Now, let me, let me take you to the picture of heaven. I know Revelation kind of scares people sometimes, but Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 through 14 says this. This is John writing. He says this, Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads of thousands and thousands. There's a lot of angels, folks. And these angels are going to say something, verse 12, saying in a... Loud voice, verse 12. They say this Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Verse 12. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the lamb. There's a song I think we sing. Scott sometimes will sing that one, right? Worthy is the lamb. you know, that's how we sing it. And um, that's how I sing it right there. And um, worthy is the lamb. They're focused on Christ. They're focused on Jesus. He is called the Lamb of God because he sacrificed himself. The angels are not taking selfies. The angels have their gaze fixed on God because he is so infinitely beautiful and glorious. It is unbelievable to gaze upon him. Who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. God is the only one worthy of our attention and our glory, not ourselves or anyone else. Verse thirteen. And I heard every creature. Watch this. Every creature. How many creatures? Every creature, man. Every dolphin. Every pufferfish. Every squirrel. Every dog. Every cat. Every worm. Every mosquito. I'm not sure of their purposes, right? But Miss Dottie and I have talked about that, and we'll figure that out one day. And uh, but every whale. Every bird, every creature in heaven and on the earth, all their focus is where? Man, it's on Christ. It's in the sea, in all that is them saying. It says this, to him, to him, not to me, not to you, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's God the Father and Jesus Christ. Be blessing and glory and honor and might forever and ever. And then verse 14 says this, and the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down in what? Worship, man. All these beings, everything in creation, when they see the presence of God, they just fall down in worship because they are so awe-inspired. You have never seen anything like God. We we are barely scratching the surface. Again, I've been to Niagara Falls. You may have traveled some amazing places and looked at all the beauty of Hawaii and all these places. Those things are awe-inspiring. But they're like a little piece of dust to the glory of God who created the universe. I mean, our planet is just a little teeny, teeny place in our solar system. And our solar system is a little teeny, 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 teeny place in our galaxy. And God inhabits all of the universe, not just our galaxy, but scientists tell us apparently there are billions and billions of galaxies. And so we have a place to fix our thoughts and our gaze. And it's not on ourselves, right? Touch your neighbor again, tell them, turn off selfie mode. Put it in the chat. I see some of y'all chatting in there. Appreciate you. Turn off selfie mode. And again, this is the key to joy. This is the key to joy is getting our eyes off of ourselves, not fixed on us and what we want, what we desire. Did you know this? Did you know that if you're a Christian, if you're here today or watching online and you are a Christian, you have a unique gift. You have a unique gift, at least one gift. The Bible calls them spiritual gifts. God has given each believer a unique gift, a unique. The Bible actually says a manifestation. What does that big word mean? Manifestation means a representation or a way to show God's power and love. And so you, sir ma'am or young person if you are a believer in jesus christ you have a unique gift first corinthians 12 tells us about all these different gifts right and the body has different types of gifts but look at the purpose of the gifts if you want to look up first corinthians 12 it's beautiful because it talks about body parts right but each of this each of us has been given a manifestation or a gift of the spirit what's the purpose for yourself. is that what it says no, for the common good. What does that mean? To bless the people around you, to bless the people sitting next to you, to bless the people in your neighborhood, to bless the people in your family. You have been given a gift, and are you using your gift to do that? So your gift wasn't meant to exalt yourself. And so praise God for our worship team and our production team. But their gifts weren't given to them so they could say, look at me on stage. No, their gifts were saying, look, this should be a blessing to others and your gift, whatever that is, should be a blessing to others. And so here's the question though. Did you come in, if you're here in person to this gathering today, or if you're watching online, did you come in here today thinking, God, I love these people. God, who are you going to show me to love on today? Or did you come on kind of thinking about yourself? God, I want to bless the person that I sit next to God I might I might do something real crazy I might change my seat on a Sunday (laughs) just so that I could bless somebody new because I'm not here for myself today I might sit someplace different to bless somebody I might greet somebody I don't normally greet because God I'm here for somebody else today God give me a gift today God give me a gift today so that I can bless someone else for their common good where do we come in here focused on ourselves right Many of us come to church and, and want to say, "How will the church help me get healthy? How will the church help me get rich or how will the church fix my family or how will the church do this for me and selfish people we can't because when we're we got the camera just focused on ourselves like this like little little selfie, we can't even see the other people. but when I push that button and I turn it here, now I can see you guys now now what takes up my screen is all you guys but when i when I got it focused on selfie mode i'm just looking at my pores right how close it is to my face and i know some of us here wouldn't dare take a selfie because you're like i don't want to be on the camera like that it's too too close in my face i know some of y'all and uh but the principle is still the same that we need to turn off that selfie mode and be focused on others you might say something like you know what man i'm gonna park far away today so that someone else could park close I might sit someplace different today so someone else could have a different seat. And so it's this idea that when we gather together, we consider others. One of my favorite passages, we probably read it many times here, Philippians chapter 2. We actually just finished our series not too long ago on the book of Philippians. and So this may be a familiar passage if you joined us here, but it says this. The Apostle Paul writes to the church at Philippi. He says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, in other words, if Christ has helped you or encouraged you or blessed you, do this if any comfort from the love the love of christ if, if christ's love has comforted you if there's any participation you've been invited to the family of god right that's that participation god invited you he said hey you were you were lost and wandering in your sin and he he invited you to participate with him say come be part of the family of god you've been far from me and i, and I welcomed you home right so we have these key words here right Encouragement, comfort, participation. If any affection, you felt the affection of God loving you. If there's been any sympathy, then verse 2 says this. Complete my joy by being of what? The same mind. Whose mind is that? The mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ and Christ did this for me. So I'm now thinking about doing this for others. Having the same love. Being in full accord. That's not a... Honda Accord, as the old preacher joke goes, right? Being a full Accord, that means of, of unity, right? Being of one mind. And then verse 3 says this Do nothing, how many things? Nothing from selfish ambition or, again, conceit, but in humility count others, count who? Others more significant than yourselves. This is turning off selfie mode and counting others as more significant, right? Wouldn't that be crazy if when we came in every Sunday or we navigated our job on Monday, we just came in and said, man, who can I bless today? Not what can I get out of it? I actually was reading a book called The Next Right Thing by Emily P. Freeman, and and she had a very similar statement to this. She said, most of us walk into a room saying, here I am, you guys love me. And she said, instead of walking into a room and saying, and here they are. God, help me to love them. I'm, I'm secure in Jesus. I'm sufficient in Jesus. And God, help me to pour into those folks. And I wrote that in my journal uh, probably several weeks ago because it was so impactful for me. And I was like, man, I, I want to continue to be this type of person. Wouldn't that be crazy if we came in and considered others more important than ourselves and didn't try to get it our way because, you know, this kind of thinking infects the church. And we can want things our way but you've probably heard me say or heard other people say this isn't a Burger King church amen this is so counterintuitive it's so different because we're just used to it. and our culture again encourages this. this is why the series is called different but our culture encourages us no focus on yourself be about yourself it's it's about what you get out of a Sunday not about what you can give on a Sunday and find someone else to bless but I just want you to know then when we focus on ourselves, we really destroy ourselves. Daniel Mackey will destroy himself if I focus because Daniel Mackey wants to be in charge. Daniel Mackey will hurt people. Daniel Mackey thinks about himself. Daniel Mackey just wants to do what Daniel feels like doing. But I need to put that Daniel to death so that Christ can live in me. Galatians 2.20, again, uh, love this passage. It says this, Galatians 2.20, it says this, I have been crucified with What does that mean? It means I put myself to death, right? I put myself to death. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but who lives? Christ lives in me. And then it says this, the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and He gave Himself for me. Can you imagine if we all walked into this room with the same mindset? Can you all imagine If we walked in here not thinking about our selfies, but we were thinking about others, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Apologize. Yeah, thank you for the amen. I apologize if my throat's a little, I need some juice here. And so the water just wasn't doing it, and so I needed some apple juice to kind of help a little frog in my throat. Why are y'all looking at me like that? There's a problem? (laughs) You're thinking, this looks weird, doesn't it? And it should look weird because it is weird because a grown man shouldn't be drinking from a baby bottle, right? I don't know what happens at your house. (laughs) Oh, there's a the movie title about that, but I'll, I'll keep moving forward. But listen, why does this look weird? What, what, what is going on here, Pastor? Well, it looks weird, but this is how a lot of us act in church. This is how a lot of Christians, because again, Timothy is warning Christians, right, in the last times, this kind of stuff is going to infect the people of God. It's going to infect your church, and you have to guard against it. Hebrews chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 through 14 says this. For though, by this time, you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. What's going on here? The writer of Hebrews was writing to the church there, and he's saying, some of you guys, you have been Christians for a while now, and you ought to be teaching others, but you're still a baby. Man, that's a convicting statement. You ought to be teachers by now. You, you have been a Christian long enough. You should be teaching others. Man, that is like, hide your toes because that is just convicting when you think about that. That God would say that to us. You ought to be a teacher now of others. You, you have walked with God long enough. You have been a believer, b- believer long enough now. You ought to be teaching others. But instead, you're on. You're on the bottle. You're on milk. You can't even have solid food from the scriptures. And this is how people get in church. They stay stuck on selfie. They stay stuck as a baby and they never grow up. And we must guard against this. Look at verse 13. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he or she is a child. But solid food is for the who? The mature for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. He's saying you don't even know how to feed yourself. You need the pastor to come and, and, and just give, give you a little. Every Sunday, you've got to just do a little. And the pastor has got to feed you or your small group leader, your community group leader has got to feed you. You don't even know how to feed yourselves because you're not able to take this book and read it. You haven't ever picked up this book on a Monday or a Tuesday or Wednesday. You don't memorize this book on a Thursday or a Friday. I, and you are stuck as a child, even though you're grown physically. You should be teachers by now. And the writer here says, are you serious? Are you serious? Like, are you kidding me? You still need the pastor to come. Like, That's just weird. You're complaining, right? You're complaining because you didn't get your baba. (laughs) And it's like, and I heard the statement. I've been a pastor a long time. I've heard it uh, before I I was the the pastor here. I heard it in other churches. I heard all those places. People come into church. The pastor didn't feed me enough today. That's really what I translate that to. My Sunday school class or my small group didn't do this. Wah! Wah! That's really what we're translating because we can't feed ourselves. I didn't get enough from the songs today. I wish they would have picked other songs. Wah! Wah! Do you know why we're unhappy in these kinds of phrases? Do you know why we're unhappy? Because we're focused on our... It's our own fault. Instead of having the meat to eat from, from the word, we are focused on ourselves. The reason, and I say this lovingly, the reason why we're unhappy like this and we're grumpy like this and we're immature like this is because we suck. And I say that with love and I say that, but listen, this is what happens. And this happens in the church. It happens in relationships. We start to suck the life out of other people. Because we are not filled with Christ, and so we take our, our, our sucking, and we suck the life out of our spouse. And we say, I need you to fulfill all of my needs, and if you don't fill my needs, I'm done with you. And this is why we see divorce and the breakdown of the family. Parents do this to children. Parents are not filled up with Christ, and so they suck the life out of their kids, and they say, kid, you're going to have to perform. You're going to have to make me look good, and, and you know, you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. If you don't do these things... I'm going to suck the life out of you. Kids do this to their parents. I love you kids. But when you're not getting what you need from God, you will suck the life out of your parents. My friends got to go on this vacation. My friends get to drive when this. My friends got a phone. My friends got a TV. My friends do this, right? And you suck the life out of your parents. Did I cover everybody? I just didn't want anybody to feel left out. The dog. <laughs> no, I think that would be cats that would do that. But but listen, when we are empty people because we are not filled up with Christ, we will start to suck the life out of other people. And this has affected our whole society. Again, we see the breakdown of the family. We see divorce. We see even in this first passage here, right, that that Uh, children not being obedient to their parents. There's all sorts of things here. And then again, it happens all in our society, but we as the church ought to be different, amen? But people come into the church wanting something for themselves and they start to suck the life out of their group or out of the people next to them or out of the pastor. And it's like they can just never get enough because they're not filled up and satisfied with Christ. And so you know what we end up with? We end up with families that suck. We end up with... um, uh, schools and teams. etc., we end up with a church that sucks the life out of people. Instead of being the opposite, the different, what God has called us to be, He's called us to be a life-giving church. Amen. He's called us as people to be giving life away. Jeremiah two thirteen says this: For my people, this is the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah says this my people have committed two evils they have forsaken me that's evil number one they have forsaken me the fountain of living waters we went to go find water someplace else and they have hewed out that means cut out cisterns or like an underground uh you know bucket if you will buckets probably a much smaller term there but um an underground well they've hewed out cisterns for themselves but look look what kind of cisterns are they broken cisterns that can hold no water we start asking other people to fill us asking the pleasure of this world to fill us and they're broken cisterns and they don't fill us instead of reaching for Christ John 7 38 says this right believers in Christ verse 38 says this whoever believes in me as the scripture says out of his heart will do what flow rivers of living water we are to be life-giving Christians Pouring out, we have an endless supply because we are connected to the infinite God who pours out an endless supply to us. And so we are going to have rivers of living water coming out of us that we start pouring into others. Rivers of living water to others, not sucking them dry. And so, listen, as a Christian, you can't come in here dry trying to leech off of everybody else or leech off your community group leader or the pastors or the staff or the elders. We have got to, throughout the week, make sure we are people who are feasting and drinking from the living waters of Christ throughout the week, amen, so that we can give to others. Don't buy buy the lie. I can't go to my kids dry. I've got to be filled up. You can't go out into your neighborhood dry. You can't go to work or on your team or school dry. You have got to have the living waters, amen. And so let's be people who are feasting on Christ and turn on, off the selfie button. Tell your neighbor, tell them again, turn off the selfie button. Turn off the selfie button. But we've bought the lie, the same lie, right, that that Eve bought at the very beginning because Satan doesn't really have any new tricks. As the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun. What did the serpent say to Eve back in the garden on that day, right? Got her to take her eyes off of Christ, off of God, off of the, 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 the infinite things that she was given. And just focus on this one little thing that she wasn't given. Really what the serpent was saying, Eve, focus on your self. He said, hey, Eve, that fruit looks good, doesn't it? God is holding out on you. God doesn't want you to have that fruit because man, if you have that fruit, you'll, oh, you'll be like, God, God is holding out on you. Focus on your self. God doesn't want you to be like him. So Eve, you don't need God. You can be in charge. You get to decide what you get to do. Eve, you do you. Somebody told me that the other day. I said, you do you. And I know what that meant. It was just uh, said and fun. But that is a dangerous statement. You do you is a recipe for disaster. Because I have crashed me doing me so many times. You don't need God's leadership over your life. You don't need to submit to him. You do you focused on self get away from God he has no right to tell you what to do you don't need him and here we are today thinking about ourselves taking pictures of ourselves focused on ourselves. I love what John 10 10 says this the thief the thief that's Satan the thief comes to steal kill and destroy steal kill and destroy and that's what happens when we start to focus on our selfies We will be killed. We will be destroyed. That's exactly Satan's game. Focus on yourself, and it will bring destruction to you, to your family, to your church. Jesus, though, he tells us what? I have come so that you may have what? Life. And what kind of life? Life abundantly. Do you know how the enemy steals from you? Do you know how Satan really steals from you? He gives you a mirror. (laughs) He gives you a selfie. Just stay focused on yourself. But you see, Jesus Jesus says to us, no, deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Jesus says things like this. If you lose your life, if you give your life away, that's when you truly find life. See, we're different from the culture. It's in giving our lives away. It's in giving away what we would prefer to control, that, that we really find life. We'll gain the whole world and lose your soul. So these are the things that Jesus says to us. Listen, and I know how easy it is for us to just come to a service, focus on ourselves. I know how easy it is to stay online and watch from the couch and focus on ourselves and uh, to just be fed and nourished, you know, and just... But listen, I would not do my due diligence as a pastor if I didn't tell you God has more for you. God is calling you up to something greater. God is calling you up higher. So do we focus on God first... And others, right? Or maybe you've heard the acronym. It's a cute acronym. We've said it around here. Joy, right, is found when you focus on Jesus, others, and then yourself. J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and then yourself. So listen, especially as our church, right, we're navigating. We've completed the first part of the merger, and we're going to be navigating through the summer what the rest of the merger will look like. And it's just like a family. We're a family. And as if you've ever had to blend a family together, right? You know, the blending family getter can have uh, some friction in it. You know, that it can have some difficulties. Right? We're going to do things differently. Uh, we're going to, we're going to go this and do that. And, and we're going to need to have a whole lot of selfie cameras turned off to say, what is, what is the purpose of God? What is the vision of God? What is God calling us to? Because I want to go up higher and I don't want to be about my selfie because that's going to destroy me. That's going to destroy our church and it's going to tear apart the unity. And so do we long to be In the presence of God. Do we long to be in this book? Not just on a Sunday, right? Going, Pastor, can you help me? Will you spend time? Grab a daily bread on your way out. That's a great way to start, right? I'm not here to beat people up. I'm here to help equip you and challenge you. And so daily bread is a great way to get into God's word. There's a yellow sheet in the back that has our uh, monthly memory verse on it. You can start memorizing that. Use the daily breads. Uh, For those of you online, those things are all available online. But listen. If you don't get with God and get alone with God and let him satisfy you, you will try to suck dry everybody else. And it will destroy you. It will destroy your relationships. It will destroy churches. I don't want to be a church that sucks. I want to be a church, right, that is spilling over with life, that we are a church that has rivers of living water because we spent time with the king. Amen? So what do we do? What do we do? Well, just like anything, right, we turn away from self, push that button so we can focus on the right thing, and we turn to Jesus. We turn off that selfie mode. That's really, listen, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're just, you know, uh, far from God or you're checking this thing out or you you thought you are a Christian, becoming a Christian, listen, really means turning off selfie mode. The first thing you need to do in order to be a Christian is to repent and turn for your sins, meaning I turn from doing life my way and now I get off the throne of my life and I want Jesus to be on the throne of my life. I want to share with you this passage uh, from Matthew 7, 21 through 23, says this. Not everyone, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a strong statement from Jesus. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. In other words, people say, Lord, you're my Lord. I'm a Christian. There's a lot of people that say they're a Christian, and Jesus is saying not everyone of them is going to go to heaven. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my father in heaven the person who does the will of God has the heart of God because they spent time with God it's not just about doing please don't misunderstand me there it's not just about doing but when I have the heart of God I do the will of God it just overflows out of me because I spent time with him verse 22 says this on that day many will say to me Lord Lord did we not prophesy in your name Did we not cast out demons in your name And do many mighty works in your name. Again, notice those are all doing things, but they didn't have the heart of God. Then Jesus said this to them. Then I will declare to you, declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I don't want anybody underneath the sound of my voice online to ever hear that from Jesus. I didn't know you. Because we'll all stand before God and, and we'll get a big embrace and a welcome home. I have missed you. I'm so glad you're home. I've been waiting for you. Or we'll hear, I didn't know you, sorry. Boy, that's a real statement. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how long you've been a church member. Doesn't matter if you just walked in today, you don't know anything about Jesus. God wants to invite you into his family. And he loves you and he's calling you to turn from your sins and to embrace him and to say, I'm turning off selfie mode, Amen. And so if that's you today, I'd like for you to take just a moment with heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody bothering their neighbor. If that's you today and for the very first time you want to give your life to Christ, I'd love for you to repeat this prayer with me. You could just repeat it in your heart, in the silence of your heart. You could repeat it online. Those of you who are joining us online, you could repeat it there in the silence of your heart. But for the first time, you want to to turn off selfie mode and give your life to Christ. You might want to say something like this to God. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, I admit I've sinned against you. I admit I've sinned against you. You Just pray that in your heart. And God, I want to turn from my sins. God, I want to turn from my sins. God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. But I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again on the third day. And God, I want to turn off selfie mode. God, I want to turn off selfie mode. And focus on you. Focus on you. God, help me to live for you all the days of my life. God, help me to live for you all the days of my life. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, heads bowed, eyes closed, I'd love for you to put on a connection card digitally online. Let us know. There's a button you can click there if you're here today in, in the house. There's a connection card you should have received when you put in. You could just check on there. I prayed to receive Christ. We want to help you grow and not be a baby stuck on a bottle, but we want to help you grow because God has an awesome plan for you. For the rest of us here with eyes closed and heads bowed, and we're believers, I want to pray for us that we would turn off selfie mode, especially as we head into a new season, that we wouldn't allow ourselves to be caught up that we'd focus on Christ and we'd focus on the mission that God has given us. So let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your love. God, we are, we are all imperfect people. I'm imperfect. God, I need help turning off selfie mode. I ask for your grace to help me turn off selfie mode. God, I ask for grace for every believer underneath the sound of my voice. God, you give them grace to hit that button day in and day out and turn off selfie mode and say, God. How can I deny myself today? God, how can I focus on others today? Who who can I bless today and not come in dry, expecting and sucking the life out of others, but come in filled with the feast because we're so full on Christ. God, help us grow our, our, our appetite for Jesus, Lord. And as the old song would often say, turn our eyes upon Jesus. God, help us to do that. Turn our eyes upon Jesus. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Father, I ask for help for all of us together to do that. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to get a couple more announcements and then we will be dismissed.